off to camp we go. I've been itching to go back. Oh, sorry, Haley. You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane by two new but avid fans of the show. I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm Michael Favor. And today we're reviewing S-5 Summer Camp Blues by Sarah Ozinski, episode 42 on our return to Gilead. Let's give a warm welcome to Sarah Osinski. This is her first episode Woo! and the first episode of the specials after season three. So, yay! We're starting a new new chapter on Return to Gilead. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, shall I read the summary for this episode? Sure. The Morrison kids spend a very active week at summer camp, and Michael, Haley, and Timmy each have unique obstacles to overcome. So, this is fun because this review will be releasing while I am currently at camp. And in fact, we're recording this just a couple <laughs> days before I go to camp. And as somebody who has been to camp, I have, one, questions about the timeline, but also, two, this is really accurate to how summer camp does work and how the, yeah. the counselors behave. But my question That's is- That's how your experience at camp Chumpa Wumpa went? <laughs> I think it's Chumba Wumba because they're called Chumbies. Chumba Wumba. <laughs> Chumba, ba, Chumba, Chumba Wumba. I don't know. A wee! Those aren't the same song. No, but the question is, if Timmy is only there for a day, is the last scene with Timmy chronologically after the previous scenes with Michael Haley and Justin, or are the Timmy scenes just interspersed throughout the episode, but they all happened at the beginning? Because it seems like at yeah. the end, the swimming takes place on one of the last days of camp. Yeah, I think I don't either it's not chronological, or they managed to cram several <laughs> sports worth of activities into the first day and then they just did nothing for the rest of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe they did a, a ton for the rest of the week too, but if this all happened on the same day, they did soccer, baseball, Red Rover, and capture the flag all on the same day, which Not is out of the realm of possibility. With 12-year-olds? No, forget it. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> There's no way they did that. So I'm I'm guessing these that took place on multiple days, and then no, Timmy's just over making the sand sculpture. And this is the first review actually uh, that I've listened to the Slow Walk Down Gilead Lane review of it before we did our review. And I I did it by accident because I was like, oh, I can listen to this now since we've done the specials. Oh wait, this is a pickup. I haven't listened to this one yet. All my love goes out to Dave Brown, who's one of the hosts on there. Great guy. He hates this episode. Really? Yes, because apparently it's too cliche. Okay, yeah, I can see that. But it's good. Like, it's written, it's done well. So, like, I don't get your criticism of it being cliche if you still pulled off proper story structure and character development, which I think they did. Or she did. Sure. So, he thinks, does he think, like, the, the camp scenario is cliche? Yeah, he says, oh, yeah, they always have the one person who's sitting out and then eventually realizes that she has to go in and save everyone. And, oh, yeah, they always have the character who doesn't think he can swim. And then at the last minute, he has to jump in and swim. And, oh, yeah, you have the kid who's lonely and is, isn't doing great without his parents. And then he eventually does better. And, yeah, they're all, like, they could have substituted any kids, but I guess... Yeah, Michael's athletic, and Haley likes her looks, and Timmy was struggling in the key to happiness with loneliness and being without his parents, or realizing that he needs his parents and stuff. And yeah, I guess it does work with the Morrisons, but it's still pretty cliche. So like, as far as that yeah, goes, I, it's pretty, it's a pretty weak <laughs> criticism. Yeah, I'd say it is too. It's like <laughs> if you had to be like, yeah, I'll grant that it works completely for this family, <laughs> and all the character motivations line up, including and Justin. It's, and it's in no way 
just a, a shoehorn story. Yeah, I'll grant that, but it's still cliche. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funnier because Dave considers him, or considered, this was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. He, he considered sure. himself to be the biggest DGL fan, and yet he's okay. saying that. <laughs> And so I'm like, what does that make us? <laughs> Did he work on DGL or was no, he? No, no, no. He was a, he was uh, an Uber unassociated. Fan. He, he no, he, oh, okay. he didn't work on it. Got it. And, and Daniel, we've we've talked about before on the podcast. He was the other host. Okay. He he also considered himself to be a big fan, and they would go back and forth, and and Dave would kind of be like, no, no, we all know you're number two. And it was just it was really funny. But that's really it, funny. It's funny. Can you imagine ten years from now, there's a third podcast, and they're like, "Oh, by the way, on Return to Gilead, Ryan wouldn't shut up about Grace <laughs> not being right and stuff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna talk about how the Morrisons are actually aliens because there's <laughs> there's no way that they're like people in 2030. No, that's that'd be what. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen in ten years. Uh, anyway, you never know. Anyway, back to this episode. Like I was alluding to, all the characters, I think, are in top form uh, because they all go through their own mini arcs. At least Michael, Timmy, and Haley go through their own little separate storylines in the show. And then Justin is there to support Michael and Brooke is there to support Timmy. Which, first off, how is Brooke a counselor for the boys? Is it because it's just a day camp for him? I think that's fair. Like, I get the feeling Brooke is not exactly like a counselor in the way like not like a cabin counselor so much as just one of the people who is helping out which from my camp experience is not uncommon for there to be like there's like a guy who's in charge of the cabin and so when the kids are back at the cabin like to sleep for the night or whatever he's there and then he's there throughout the day as well but then there's other counselors who are there basically to help move the activities along and that seems to be more brooks capacity okay yeah because she says at the beginning of the episode that she is his counselor hmm. and it looks like she's she's very active throughout the day with timmy and the other chumbies sure or at least the ones that that timmy's with so as far as that goes and i don't think it'd be a problem if she was the main counselor for them since it is a day camp and the way it works at the the camp where I go, which is uh, South Mountain Christian Camp in North Carolina, uh, the way it works for that is that you you have the main cabin directors who are with the kids all the time. Like they they don't get a you don't get a break if you're a cabin director. Sure. Uh, every once in a while you might need need a break and somebody else can step in, but it's it's always the the same gender of the cabin director because he's gonna be in the cabin and like helping them take showers and stuff like that. So right. As far as that goes, yes. That makes sense for Brooke. And unfortunately, Haley's cabin or Haley's counselor isn't named, which is Oh no. Sad. We can't put it in the DGL spreadsheet. Oh no. I just have it listed as girl's counselor. Guard number three. Chumby number three. Yeah, there are <laughs> there are a ton of characters. There's a Ryan in this episode. There is a Ryan. Hannah <laughs> mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's also a Zach, I think, too. Like more than just Fun the fact, Zach. I and did Pedro. go to Chumby Wumby camp when I was a kid. Oh. And they recorded my voice here. Chumby Wumby? What? Chumba Wumba. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The name. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Back before Ryan even knew what DGL was, he recorded a line for DGL. Yeah, I actually met the Morrisons. The, the <laughs> Keys for Kids came to, or I guess it would have been CBH, came to Camp Chumba Wumba, <laughs> and there I was, little Ryan, just <laughs> off doing my little thing, and... They've mentioned my name, and in passing, I was like, who's that kid over there, that Morrison kid? I don't know. Probably not important. And then 
here I am, turns years out, later. Turns out Meet the Morrisons is just a meta for introducing Ryan to the Morrisons, and at the very end of the episode, <laughs> they all like turn towards the camera, and they're like, well, Ryan, what did you think of our family? Wait. They're those kids from the camp! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to, back to this thing. Speaking of VBS, and, or no, let me try that, try that again. <laughs> Speaking of Chumbawamba... Can I just go on a slightly innocuous rant about how this camp triggers me? Yes, please do. Okay, I hate camps and VBS programs that they have someone at the head of it who is not genuine, or like like they, they're hyping up the kids, but it's clear from their vocal inflections that they are trying to hype up the kids, not actually excited themselves. You think that's what Bob's doing? It's... Most assuredly what Bob is doing. <laughs> He's like, Alright kids, welcome to Camp Chumbawamba. It's like, he sounds like a clown trying to hype up kids. And I actually relate very much to Timmy here, because Timmy's like miserable. He's like, got this shock, sort of culture shock, situation shock with the camp being his new environment and him missing his mom. And that's how I felt when I was a kid. But it was exacerbated tenfold by the fact that the camp counselors and everyone who was like, oh, come on, kid, you'll have fun here. I could tell by their voice they were trying to sound like this was fun, but they didn't necessarily believe it themselves. Or just the way they were talking was just not the way any human talks normally to someone else. (laughs) You know, uh, Ryan, I think that was completely intentional because of a scene later on where... Coach Nickerby, who's the coach for the Blues yeah. team, where he is he's there listening to the <laughs> announcer. And the announcer's like, and Coach Nickerby, and whatever says something about it. And Coach Nickerby goes, we're only at halftime. And we're only at halftime, Bob. Right. Halftime. And then he gives a pep talk to his team and actually gives a really good chat with, with Michael, which is the clip of the day, which I chose. And uh, we can listen to that in a second. But I think the point here is that he's he's being played up. And meanwhile, Coach Nickerby is like, all right, well, let's. I'm going to take this seriously and actually reason with my campers. So here, guys, For this, sure. this is how you're going to have a I good time. I love the coaches. I love Brick in this episode. I love the coach. And I love the person who talks to Haley, uh, unnamed woman, guard number three, whatever her name She's is. She's not even named in the script. Um, it's really sad. Right. Right. But I love them because they're genuine. And that's <laughs> great. But every time that the vocal announcer came on, like, all right, chumbies, are you ready? I was like, shut up, be quiet, you I know, don't want to hear from you. I thought for a while that it was Steve O'Dell, because it kind of sounded like Freddie Falstaff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to hear the clip of the day now? I would. Every kid on this team looks up to you. They see how good you are at sports. It's only natural for them to admire you. Admire me? Mm-hmm. And when someone admires you, Mike, that gives you a lot of power. Power? power over people. When they know that you're good at something and they're not, they really respect your opinion. And when they know that you don't think too highly of them, they don't think too highly of themselves either. So you're saying the way I act makes them feel even worse. Not only that, but it also makes them want to give up. If they gave it their all and it still wasn't good enough, why should they try so hard the next time? I think I got it, Coach. Good. This is such a great moral, and I love that it's in this episode because so many of us, I mean, me included, and a lot of kids that partly, some kids I see at camp and other people that I've heard of have a tendency to be like, well, I I don't know why I'm on this team. My teammates aren't really that great. 
I need to be on a better team because I need to work with better people. I don't know how, how to encourage them. I don't know how to get them to improve. And then I've been pulled aside or they've been pulled aside and said, hey, uh, we chose this team. We wanted you on this team. This wasn't just random because we knew you, one, <laughs> you're better. So you could offset their lack of skills because they do have a lack of skills. But also it doesn't matter. The reason we're here is to have fun at camp. And if you're constantly criticizing them and saying that they don't have talent, again, what does that make them think of themselves? And how are you trying to encourage them? Because Michael isn't a good leader yet, I don't think, at this point. Like in, At the beginning of the episode, he demonstrates he's not a great leader because he's just thinking about his own talents. But then once he gets this talk, he becomes a pretty good leader, even demonstrating servant leadership at the end by sacrificing his chance to just sit out and jumping in for his team and saving his team and then saying no no it wasn't it wasn't me uh, and when they said we would have been uh, one of the kids says we would have been toast without you is is that it is it toast or is it something total losers i think something like that when the one kid says that michael doesn't even take a minute to think about it he goes no 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 we needed everybody on this team and that's great because they finished in second place and I, yeah. I I think it's a really great message. Yeah, they did a really good job on that. And it was really cool to see Mike kind of come into his own once he got that talk from the coach and how he moved forward and changed his attitude and actions towards its team afterwards. Yeah, and we get to see a lot of other kids in the episode. And like you mentioned about, about the coaches or about the counselors wanting to see the kids do better. I like that they're not the main characters. It's not the Morrisons and the counselors, although they're they're very much present. We hear a lot of kids in this one. Uh, I'm, I'll list off the names real quick. We hear Zach, Ryan, Jenny, Tyler, Joey, Troy, Darcy, Ken, somebody from the red team, somebody from a, a couple people. There's a, there's a lot. So I <laughs> this is going to be hard to keep track of for the the spreadsheet. But as far as all the characters go, it really makes it seem like we're at camp. Because we don't have this many kids or this many extra characters in a normal DGL episode. We have Anna Townsend, Jessica, maybe Patrick sometimes, Luke, and our normal characters. But here in Sarah Osinski's first episode, we've got a ton of random one-off characters. And we even get a mention of Patrick at the beginning where Timmy wanted to hang out with him. So this episode doesn't exist in isolation from the rest of the episodes. But I think, I think it works really well. And it gives a lot more to the immersion of being at camp in this mm -hmm. episode for there to be so many characters contrasting this with something like camp Wadnut from odyssey which to their credit like they've got plenty of characters but they focus on basically like the boys cabin and the girls cabin and there's like three or four boys and three or four girls in each cabin that compete against each other and stuff and you hear sound effects of other kids but there's not really any voice lines for any other kids so you could make the mistake of like, oh, yeah, there's only like <laughs> eight people at this camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, but for this one, uh, part of the behind the scenes that I heard was that they went to an actual Christian camp near Grand Rapids, I think it was. And they recorded sound effects for it. Oh, that's fun. And actually, that ties into the next episode we're going to be doing in this session. Uh, not the next special, but Fish and Slips, which we're also recording in this session, actually ties in. And so I will mention that when we get to that episode. So, uh. Ooh. If you're listening to this in release order, sorry, you got to wait two weeks. But anyway. Uh, and it makes it actually is kind of fun that we're reviewing this and then Fission Slips because they're both written by Sarah Ozinski. Yes. And a really cool thing about that is that Ozinski's writing style shows through really well in this and that episode, mm -hmm. uh, specifically this facet, which I want to focus on 
and that's that her writing, thus far at least, really knows how to make use of character flaws to create tension and conflict, and then also redeem those character flaws in tandem with the strengths of the characters. In a and, meaningful way. Yeah, in a meaningful way that brings about uh, a semi-heart... Like, in this episode, it's not as heartwarming and as in Fish and Slips, but it's still a heartwarming resolution when it's like, oh. You know, and uh, we Michael get three of them. Jumped in the water. We get three of these resolutions, right? Which all and I didn't think any of them were sidelined here. I and, and also I didn't think there was anything built up with Justin and Brooke that we were supposed to expect. We were only supposed to expect Michael, Timmy, Haley, and we got Michael, Timmy, Haley. I don't know why you're dis. I have like <laughs> it's the the comment on the YouTube video. I don't know why so many people disliked. You wanted Michael, Timmy, Haley, and you got Michael, Timmy, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, it, but yes. it was really masterfully done, and it's just really cool to see, like, this style of writing can have a plot where it's like, oh yeah, that's the ac- the activity-centered episode, so like, oh yeah, that's the the episode with the fishing, and oh, that's the episode with the camp, and that's the episode with, like, it's uh, in contrast to Beth Culp's style, we talked about this a little last session that we did, <laughs> so an episode in the future... That you haven't heard yet. We talk about this. <laughs> Time to wipe me stuff again. Uh, oh no. Next you're going to be telling me oh, Austin's no. coming back. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> with Beth Culp's style of writing, she doesn't necessarily have episodes where you remember the episode for the activity that the family does or the actions that the family does so much as what the characters go through and the conflict that they have with somebody. Whereas here, characters can still have conflict with people and that be like the center point of the moral meat of the episode, but you can also have an activity. And that's where I think Sarah Ozinski really, really shines is in having iconic episodes tied to an activity, but not sidelining the moral meat of the episode. What I love about this, combining her writing with the sound design, is throughout the whole episode, I can hear the sun. Like, I can feel that the sun is shining and that it's bright outside. And then in that one scene that is so utterly relatable, because I had the same thing happen to me at camp, for about six weeks, my feet were covered in chigger bites, which are like little Uh. tick-like creatures that don't burrow into your skin, but they just bite the outside and they run away like cowards. And so it was was, crazy. But waking up in the middle of the night, scratching, the first thing we hear in that scene is a sound effect. It sounds dark. And it's, it's great. The the aesthetics or the atmosphere of this episode are just so good. Uh-huh. Big fan. Hashtag chiggered. Oh, no. Just like Ryan by Bob. Yes. <laughs> yes, he chiggers me badly. <laughs> there are a couple funny lines that I wanted to mention. When Michael and Justin have one of their first interactions, Michael walks into the cabin and he says, Can you believe I got stuck with Team Blue? And Justin goes, I do you too, Mikey. <laughs> and then he's complaining about the team. And, he, and Justin says, Well, at least you have Haley on your team. Michael says, Your point is... Justin goes, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. How's for Haley? Poor Haley. And then later on, when Haley's about to do baseball, and she's refusing. Like, I'm not playing. And Michael says, come on, Haley, we need you. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think you're your only hope. A moment of silence for any shred of pride Haley had left. <laughs> but then she walks away, and Tyler walks up with grape Kool-Aid and dumps it on her. <laughs> accidentally yeah, uh, when i heard that scene I, I mentioned to hannah i was like so Haley can play now right because her <laughs> outfit's already ruined no no that's not how Haley logic works oh oh well and a super cute line from timmy is where he he doesn't really want to do anything he's where did he get a phone that's my question how did he call his yeah, mom yeah well he probably found a landline would be my guess 
like oh okay off somewhere you know you know this was back in what 2002 hey we had a landline until about three years ago so it's not that unheard of well not to roast my co-host here (laughs) but (laughs) really (laughs) yes we had internet like through the phone line and that was therefore we kept our phones i didn't have a cell phone until 2019 how old were you 18 okay that's when i got my first phone so that's okay anyway continuing um Hey, Timmy calls his parents and Mary's and the phone sound effects are really, really great. It sounds like Mary and John are on the phone, which is kind of hard to pull off sometimes, but you can hear her voice kind of breaking up. And then John in the background where she goes, Timmy, we just got on the highway. And John goes, Hey, Timmy. <laughs> but then the next scene where Timmy's making a sand sculpture, he, he doesn't want to. And Brooke points out Joey and Timmy says he has been crying a lot because he, he misses his mom. And Burke says, why don't you go make it next to him? And Timmy goes, okay, I think I'll make one for mommy. He's so cute. I want to get Nathan Heckman on this podcast, if he remembers any of it. He might not remember anything, which is sad. (laughs) That would be sad. But uh, surely he remembers stuff, because, like, he was at the point that they had to pitch his voice down (laughs) when he was still recording for the Yeah, do you think that would happen in this episode, or does that happen later? I don't know. You know, I honestly can't tell. Like, maybe if I was able to listen to samples and someone told me which ones were pitched down and which ones weren't, then I would be able to say, oh, okay, I, I hear that. But honestly, I when uh, we heard, when we were on the interview with... Lori Krieg, right? Lori Krieg, and she mentioned that, I was like, really? Because there was a point that I remember hearing his voice starting to change when he started to get a little bit older and sounding a little bit more like Mike, but honestly, I couldn't tell prior well, we'll see if we can get there once we start to see, yeah, that sounds too much like Hope, because her voice was pitched up. Right. Final thing I wanted to mention, at the at the very end, and it's foreshadowed earlier, which, great story design there, it's not outright mentioned that Mikey can't swim, but you kind of put the pieces together when he realizes there's going to be a lap race. Then midway through, Justin comes and brings him hope that, oh, you won't have to do it, one person can sit out. And great for Justin for actually using his smarts to pay attention and then give that to Mikey. It's We don't get really anything from Justin except for that in this episode. But then at the very end, when Mikey jumps in and he, he, he swims okay, but he can't, he doesn't really know how. <laughs> Is that realistic for Mikey not to know how to swim? I don't know. I think it works. Like, it's It sounds like I, uh, it doesn't not make sense since he says that they do swim in Pigsley Pond, which is like two feet deep. Sure. And maybe he just so, hasn't, he, he's so athletic in other ways, but we've never seen him swim before. So I think, it, I think it works for his character. Yeah. So overall, I love Sarah Osinski's first episode, especially since it's a camp episode. I was reminded how, how much I love her writing. So as we go forward, I'm excited to cover her episodes and see uh, what we exactly think about them. Same. Well, we have officially started the specials after season three before season four. Well, Ryan, uh, how are you? How are you thinking about the episodes are coming up? Because we've got some uh, some holiday specials coming up for the next two. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to reviewing those with Austin <laughs> in the past <laughs> and Hannah in the past. Oh yeah, Hannah was there too. Yeah, it'll She's it'll my second half, so I just <laughs> you know package deal. <laughs> next time we'll have Austin Peachy and Hannah Matlock to review to grandmother's house we go. And then after that, we'll be doing the best Christmas on record in a special extended edition of the podcast. So be looking forward to that. In the meantime, uh, can I give the links for connecting with us, Ryan? No. You want to do it? They're a closely guarded secret that we don't allow anybody but ourselves to know. 
Wiki if they to did, because no, no, <laughs> <laughs> because if they did know, then they'd know that they could go to anchor.fm slash return to Gilead and find all of our episodes and even leave a voice message. And we would hate for people to leave voice messages. And we'd also hate for them to get to our link tree, which, which is on the same webpage and gives access to all the various links for anything and everything you could want to view want to view related to this show and down Gilead Lane. You know, you're right. Why would we ever want to share that with somebody? It's not like we I designed wouldn't. the whole link tree for other people. No, no, no. Let's just keep it to ourselves. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That said, we'll be back <laughs> next time. I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time as we have four people on a podcast on our return to Gilead. Ah, da 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 da. That's better. Pa. Pa pa pa. Pa 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 pa. Okay. <laughs> Let's try that again. Okay. <laughs>